Just because they're gods doesn't mean they don't have feelings. Let's find out more. My Gods and Kings takes place in the fictional world of Dunai. For more information on My Gods and Kings or any of the products affiliated with it, please check out our website at www.bygodsandkings.com. In the previous lore episodes, we've talked about God Touched, we've talked about man, but I think now we actually need to settle in and talk about the gods. And we're going to spend this episode talking about the gods' motivations during this period. So the biggest thing to remember with the gods is that they may be celestial beings, they may be deities, but they're also, at one time, they were people. And they have motivations, they have a human touch, they have that humanity that goes with them, and each god has their own motivations. Of all 11 of them, we're going to go through each one individually. We'll start with Vesia at the top. Vesia's motivations are very, very simple. She wants to maintain the order and the law. She has to maintain peace. She wants to make sure the machine of Dunai keeps turning. So long as Essence keeps making it to the scales and Essence keeps getting divided out to the other gods, Vesia is fine. She's not going to do anything that's going to upset the balance. In fact, she's going to make sure she has everything to keep the balance. She's going to do everything in her power to make sure it is maintained. The second god is Dorilius. He's the other easy one to go through because Vesia, it's plain, it's simple. Dorilius is the same way. Dorilius is going to archive all the history of Denai. He's the keeper of lore and intellect. He's the keeper of knowledge. He just wants to watch things happen. Now, Dorilius' motivations also go a little bit further in that sometimes he gets bored. You know, when you're sitting here watching people for all of eternity, you know, eventually you're going to get a little bored and you want some entertainment. So occasionally, Dorilius will put his thumb on the scale. Vesia knows this, but Vesia lets it go. As long as it's just good-natured fun and it's not really disturbing anything too much, Vesia doesn't care. So Dorilius is going to keep doing his thing. So now it's going to get a little bit more complicated with the gods. Um, because each of the rest of the nine have their own motivations and whatnot, and they change as things go on. So we're going to start with Valkus. Valkus is the easiest of the nine in that he always wants to be left alone and he always wants to build. He wants to create. He wants to harness energy. He wants to just do things. He wants to stay in his workshop and he wants to be left alone. He wants to just piddle in his forge. From time to time he will come out and he will have to deal with things and handle things, but he he pretty much just likes to piddle. He's that man that goes in the backyard in the workshop and just pulls out his tools and just builds a chair. Just for no reason, he just builds a chair. That's Falcus. And his motivations are typically the same throughout. He pretty much just wants to build, he wants to create. He creates life forms, he creates things for the other gods. You know, there's a, a moment where um, Xylene talks, is having a moment with Todandic, and they're talking about the Naga, and, and Todandic is very scornful of the Naga, but Falcus created the Naga for Xylene, and Xylene is grateful for it. Whether it's harpies for Talgis, whether it's golems, kobolds, orcs, other other creatures or humanoids, that's Valkus's deal. And he, he enjoys it. That's what he likes to do. He likes to be left alone. Um, next up, we're going to go to Phalaris. Phalaris is another one who's relatively easy. Phalaris is the god of flora. He pretty much is over the trees, the grass, the plant life, all the vegetation. So what Phalaris, his motivations are to make sure to maintain the status of the plant life. During this period, prior to the sundering of Bryle, Phalaris is under attack by Xylene and Talgis regularly, mainly Talgis. So his main motivation is survival. He's not very aggressive, so he wants to survive. He wants the plant life to thrive. He's very passive. 
So his motivation is purely survival and trying to get his order to thrive peacefully. The next one we'll go to is Dahar. Her motivations are very similar. She's uh, under constant attack from Xylene, but she's a bit more aggressive. Her followers have the ability to conjure life from death. They can create husks. They can create husks. They can create zombies. They can, create, they can do all sorts of things. So she's a bit more aggressive. She'll actually go on the offensive against Xylene. She'll go on the offensive against Tauda. She'll go on the offensive against her enemies. And that's something that she's mindful of. Now, she's not hyper-aggressive. She's not leading the charge. She's not trying to take territory or trying to, you know, actually harm another god. But her defense is offense, and that's something that we need to take note of. Next up, we're going to go over to um, one of their next allies, which is Nerilil. Nerilil is very aggressive. However, she's really only aggressive against her sister, Saeria. Um... Her realm, Solaria, is constantly going into battles with Saria's realm, Surus. They are constantly going back and forth at each other. And so they are in an active war between each two through their own sub-realms, not necessarily on Dunai proper. Their, her motivation is to defeat her sister. It's sibling rivalry, but it's very aggressive. So we'll talk about Saria's motivations next. It's the same. Both of them came from Tangragia. Both of them are true sisters. Both of them were kicked out together for waging war on a sub-realm connected to Tangregia, and that war continues on Dunai. They're continuing to try and one-up one another, and it's still spilling over. And Darilius loves it. Vessia leaves it alone so long as it doesn't touch Dunai. And their motivations are to essentially one-up one another. Next up is going to be Xylene. Xylene is the most aggressive of the gods on the seas in that he wants complete domination. He wants to wrest control and he wants to dominate everyone. He wants to create temples on all the coastal cities and on the islands. He wants to create, to have the most followers. He wants to create the biggest order. That is Xylene's whole purpose. Is he wants the biggest piece of Dunai. He wants them all to worship him and then subjugate the rest of the gods. Taljus is also hyper-aggressive. While he is the god of the atmosphere, you know he essentially controls harpies. He controls god-touched and priests who can manipulate the wind. He is trying to wage war against the other gods on the land to try and wrest control. Taujus and Xylene have a very uneasy alliance. They are the closest of the two, but if push came to shove, they would wage war against one another. They never did, but it could happen. They even share a god-touch, which is something unheard of. Uh, I'm not going to go into who it is, but there was a god touched who fought, who was converted by Xylene and was immediately given to Taljus. And while he serves Taljus through the rules, he also serves Xylene as well. He serves them mutually. Uh, finally, the remaining two gods are Darian and Malorus, the brothers of Darilius. Their motivations are both the same. They are the at the inception of Dunai. When the world was created, Vessia was given power. Vessia was given the ominous abilities to control everything. This upset both Darian and Malorus. They both want that. They both want to usurp Vessia. They want to take power from her, and they do everything they can to stop her. So their motivations right now in this period is to do things to thumb their nose at her, to put their finger in her eye, to do things against Vessia to hopefully weaken her. I want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast today. Uh, we've got new stuff coming out soon. Like I said in our previous episode, An Invitation to Darkness will be out in April. Uh, our next single player work, we look forward to you guys playing that. 
following the story of Darius as he ventures from Shruck into Merdul. Um, we've also got our next audio drama coming out in the next two weeks. I look forward to you guys hearing um, hearing it. So this is Chris with Script Group. I look forward to talking to you all soon. Thanks. Now out on Amazon by Gods and Kings, Crystal and Dawn. This single-player scenario arc follows the story of Serosa as she travels through Southern Quar on behalf of the Haishin merchants. Collecting shards, weapons, more power, and even allies to fight alongside her. Follow along as Serosa travels through the Crozian Echo and all the way up to Dern. By Gods and Kings, Crystal and Dawn is the first of our single-player scenarios with much more to follow. Purchase it now on Amazon. Hey everybody, thanks again for listening to the By Gods and Kings podcast. For more information on By Gods and Kings, you can always visit our website at www.bygodsandkings.com. But hey, you can also find us on Twitter, at By Gods and Kings. You can also find us on Facebook and even Reddit. We look forward to giving more content to you guys. You guys have a great afternoon. We'll see you on the other side.